Proverbs this morning. Book of Proverbs. Chapter 27. And we're just going to read one verse and then get right into the message this morning. Proverbs chapter 27, and we're going to look at verse 8. As soon as you find Proverbs 27, 8, let's all stand together. And let's read the verse together out loud in unison. Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 8. Let's read together. As a bird that wandereth from her nest, so is a man that wandereth from his place. Let's read it one more time. As a bird that wandereth from her nest, so is a man that wandereth from his place. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we pray that you will open our hearts to your word this morning. We pray, Father, that you would give me the, the wisdom and the understanding and, and the, the grace to be able to preach your word. It's, it's a privilege for us to listen to it. It's a privilege for us, to, for me, to be able to preach it. Uh, Lord, uh, I am always cautious and always careful uh, when it comes to the word of God. And uh, I pray, Lord, that, that uh, you would guide and direct my lips and my thoughts. I pray, Father, that, that uh, you would speak to our hearts about the uh, important uh, subject of responsibility. Lord, uh, the reason why we have the kind of country we have today is because people have shouldered their responsibilities over the years and have given us a great country. And we're thankful for that, but Lord, uh, now it's on our shoulders. And we pray, Lord, that not only for our country, but for our families, for our church, for our, our city, that we might be responsible men, women, and boys and girls. We pray that you would bless this time together in your word. And God, please speak to our hearts as, as we spend time in it. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. The Bible says, As a bird that wandereth from her nest, so is a man that wandereth from his place. Uh, a bird uh, being in a nest is where she belongs when she has, when she has eggs that she's sitting on. And uh, if she wanders from her nest, then what she's doing is she's wandering from her responsibility. And it says that as a bird that wandereth from her nest, so is a man that wandereth from his place. Every one of us has a place. Uh, every one of us has responsibilities. Now, there's, there's no two people that are exactly alike in that area, but we all have responsibilities. We all have things that we are personally responsible for and need to make sure that, that we are where we're supposed to be doing what we're supposed to do. It says that, that uh, a bird is wandering from her nest. To wander just simply means to ramble here and there without any certain course or object in view. In other words, you ought to have some, some goals. You had, ought to have some ideas of, of what your responsibilities are. Uh, we're a free people today because people in the past, our forefathers, were responsible. Aren't you glad that those that, that uh, formed the Declaration of Independence and those that formed the Constitution and those that formed the Bill of Rights, and by the way, if you don't know this, 
uh, and I didn't know this for years, but I found out that uh, the Bill of Rights was, uh, was formulated because of a Baptist preacher, and his name was John Leland. And we have the Bill of Rights today because, because he put some pressure on, uh, on our forefathers, and, and uh, they, they uh, uh, designed and developed the Bill of Rights. Um, the truth is, is that uh, they not been serious about their tasks back then. We would not have the country that we have today if uh, soldiers had not been serious about the task that was before them and the various wars that we have had to fight as a nation. We would not have the freedom that we have today. And so what, what we need to do is we need to identify our responsibilities and then fulfill it. Uh, if, you're, if you're a husband uh, this morning, you, you have responsibilities. You have a responsibility to love your wife. You have a responsibility to love your children. You have a responsibility to provide for them. You have a responsibility to lead your family in spiritual things. I think one of the things that is sadly missing in Christian homes today is that, that uh, many times, and I've watched this over and over again, it's sad. The, the, the wife is doing more leading than the husband is. And, and granted, I understand the wife's home with the children and, and uh, uh, needs to be a leader too, but the father is the one who is responsible for the spiritual direction of the home. And so dads, uh, husbands, fulfill your responsibility. We've got wives in here this, this morning. And uh, a wife is to submit herself to her own husband. She's to love her family. She's to take care of her home. And uh, you find uh, a lot of that description going on in uh, Proverbs 31 with a virtuous woman. Uh, why was the virtuous woman so virtuous? Because she was responsible. Because she did the things that she knew that she was supposed to do. Uh, children in our homes, children have responsibilities. Uh, you know, one of the, the things that uh, uh, oftentimes kids don't, don't get is that one main responsibility they have is growing up is to do well in school. I mean, that's really, that's their job. Uh, because it will make a difference for them for the rest of their life. Uh, according to Scripture, children are to obey their parents and children are to honor their parents. And it's a responsibility that they have. If you're an individual Christian, you have responsibilities. When, when you got saved, God gave you abilities and God gave you, you might have even had the talents before you got saved, but he also gave you at least one spiritual gift according to Romans chapter 12. And uh, uh, that gift was given to you so that you could serve him and you could honor and glorify the Lord in your life. Uh, if you, whatever, that, whatever that gift might be, we're to use it and we're to use it for his glory. And we ought to be uh, using it right here in our local church. Uh, if, you, if, you don't, if you don't exercise the, the gifts and the talents and the abilities that God has given to you, then you're out of place because God gave you those things so that you might serve him. And then as individual Christians, we have just some real simple personal responsibilities. That's to pray. That's to read our Bibles. That's to go to church. That's to be a witness and tell people about Jesus Christ. 
And if, if any of those things are missing in our lives, then we're out of place because we're not fulfilling our responsibilities. I want to take a look at some examples this morning of, of failing to be responsible. And we've got, we've got many examples of it in Scripture. We're going to look at five of them this morning. The first one, I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Colossians chapter 4. Put one finger in Colossians 4 and one in Philemon, verse 24. Colossians 4. In Philemon, verse 24. Now this is a fellow that, whose name only shows up three times in Scripture. And, that, and that's really all we know about him. We really don't know much about him. But the last thing that we know about him is, is sad. Because he failed to fulfill his responsibility as an individual. There was a time when he was responsible. And then there was a time when he became irresponsible. Colossians 4.4, uh, excuse me, 4.14, uh, go up with me to verse 13. It says, For I bear him record that he hath a great zeal for you, and them that are in Laodicea, and them in Hierapolis, Luke the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Demas was a fellow, as I say, we don't know much about him. But uh, he accompanied Luke, he accompanied Paul, uh, he was someone that helped them in the ministry. Look in Philemon 24. Uh, verse 23 says, there, there salute the Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, amen. Uh, all those guys were fellow laborers, and among them was a fellow by the name of Demas. And uh, he was someone that the Apostle Paul leaned on. He was someone that helped in the ministry. And yet we have a real, real sad verse of Scripture. If you look with me over in 2 Timothy chapter 4, back up 2 Timothy chapter 4, and look down in verses 9 and 10. It says, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. And he's saying that because uh, he, had, he had a need of some help and, and of some company and of some companionship. He says, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Uh, in the previous verses and references, we find that, that uh, Demas was right by his side, right by Paul's side, was helping him, was being a blessing. Now he gets to the end of his life, and this is the last epistle that the Apostle Paul wrote. And, and he says, Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for or because Demas hath forsaken me having loved this present world. He left his place, and he left his place because his heart wandered. His heart went in the wrong direction. Uh, the Bible says that he loved this present world. Uh, we're admonished, love not the world, neither the things of the world that are in the world. For, for if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 
Um, when your heart begins to wander, uh, then your life begins to wander. Uh, I'm convinced of this, and I've, I've watched it. I've seen it. I've seen it personally with me, and I've seen it personally with other people. Uh, your heart wanders long before your feet do. Uh, I remember a long time ago uh, talking to a, uh, a man that was in our, in our church, the church I, I uh, pastored for a short time previous to, to coming here. And uh, uh, I, I made mention about a, a particular person in our church. And, and I, I said, well, I says, my guess is, I said, uh, uh, he stopped tithing a whole lot uh, long before he actually left the church. And the guy said, well, I thought you said you never looked at tithe records. And I said, well, I don't. I, I normally don't. I said I could, and if I did, I, I would. But, but uh, I, I've, I've not looked at it. He says, you're lying to me. I says, no, I'm not lying to you. I'm just telling you. I didn't look at them, but I know what the pattern is. And that really is the pattern. The pattern is, is that, that our heart begins to wander long before the feet do. And uh, what you love is what you'll follow. And because he loved the things of the world more than he loved the ministry, more than he loved the Lord, more than he even loved the Apostle Paul, and, I, uh, he, and therefore he wandered away from his responsibility. And I, and I found this. I found it interesting that, that uh, uh, Paul says this about Demas. He says, Demas uh, hath forsaken me. Now, I believe Demas forsook the Lord. He forsook his responsibility. He, he forsook the task that God had given him to fulfill. But he said, Demas hath forsaken me. You know, one of the things we, we don't think of sometimes is uh, how much people rely upon us in their lives. And that when we cease to show up or we move on to another place, we leave a hole. We leave a hole. We leave a huge hole. And Demas did that. He left a hole. That's why Paul said, listen, send someone as soon as you possibly can, because Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Bible says that we ought to, to uh, keep our hearts with all diligence. Why? Because when the heart starts to wander, then our responsibilities begin to fail. And uh, so, so first and foremost, watch your heart so that you might fulfill the responsibilities that God has for you. Go with me over to Genesis chapter 12. We'll look at, at another example of failing to be responsible. Genesis chapter 12, and of course, if you know your Bibles, in particular the book of Genesis, you know Genesis 12 is the chapter that deals with God calling Abraham to be the father of Israel. And it deals with his calling, and it deals with the promises that God made. He, he told uh, he told Abraham that, uh, that uh, he would be a blessing and that his seed would be a blessing to others. And in Genesis chapter 12, look with me down in verses 10 through the end of the chapter. This is after God had called him out. 
uh, he, had, he had begun to travel. He had begun to follow the Lord. He, he had begun to go where God wanted him to go. And in verse 10, it says, There was a famine in the land. And Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. And it came to pass, when he was come near to enter into Egypt, that he said unto Sarai his wife, Behold, now I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. Therefore it shall come to pass, when the Egyptians shall see thee, that they shall say, This is, my, this, this is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will save thee alive. Say, I pray thee, Thou art my sister, that it may be well with me for, for thy sake, and my soul shall live because of thee. Now, what he's asking her to do is really a half-truth, she, because she was his half-sister. Verse 14 says, And it came to pass that when Abram was come into Egypt, the Egyptians beheld the woman, that she was very fair. The prince is also a pharaoh saw her and commended her before Pharaoh, and the woman was taken unto Pharaoh's house. And he entered and he entreated Abram well for her sake. And he had sheep and oxen and he asses and men servants and maid servants and she asses and camels. And the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this that thou hast done unto me? Why didst thou not tell me that she was thy wife? Why saidest thou she is my, my sister? So I might have taken her to be my wife. Now therefore, behold thy wife, take her and go thy way. And Pharaoh com commanded his, his men concerning him, and they sent him away and his wife and all that he had. The, the will of God for Abraham was, uh, was to follow where God led him. He began to lead him and he began by giving him instructions and then there was a famine in the land. Now understand this, that all that simply teaches us is that when you start following God's will, that doesn't mean that everything's going to be rosy. When you're, you can be smack dab in the middle of the will of God and have the bottom fall out. You can be smack dab in the middle of the will of God and have trouble come. Oftentimes that trouble is there for a reason. It's there because you're being tested. And to see really if you'll continue to stand fast in the responsibility that God has given to you and do that which he, he's called you to do. There's a principle that I learned, but I'm still still learning, uh, but th that uh, was taught to me years ago, and that is that the will of God never leads you where the grace of God cannot and will not keep you. Uh, if, if God leads you into a famine, he's going to see you through the famine. Uh, if God leads you into COVID, he's going to see you through COVID. Uh, the truth of the matter is, is that uh, uh, our responsibility is to do what God has called us to do and to be responsible in, in those things. Um, he should have stayed in the land and he should have trusted God. God never told him to go to Egypt. It's interesting that throughout scripture, Egypt is a type of the world. And the reason why Demas strayed was because he loved this present world. The reason why, why Abraham strayed 
is because the famine hit, he looked to the world. The world, uh, you know, the Egypt was not uh, having and experiencing famine. So he went down there, but he should have stayed in place and uh, should have just trusted God. Now, when you're out of place, you move. Uh, when you leave your responsibility, you move. And what you move from is you move from trusting to scheming. And that's what, that's what Abraham did. He, he went from trusting God to, to finagling and, and, and scheming and coming up with plans. Uh, you don't find anywhere in Scripture during this time that Abraham ever builds an altar. Worship is not part of the plan right now. Now, he does so later when he gets out of Egypt, but before when he's in Egypt, there, there is no altar. Uh, you don't find recorded, I'm not saying he didn't, but it's not recorded that Abraham prayed. You also don't find recorded God giving him any further instructions. He gives him further instructions when he finally leaves Egypt, gets back to his responsibility, gets back to the place he's supposed to be, and then God leads him and guides him in direction. You, you go from the, the place of trusting to the place of scheming. You also go from the place of confidence to the place of fear. When you're, with, when you're upholding your responsibility, you're in a place where you can be confident because God will take care of you. But when you leave that place, then, then fear can set in. Look down in verse 12. It says, Therefore, it shall come to pass when the Egyptians shall see these, talking to, to Sarai, that they shall say, This is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will save thee alive. Now, he was fearful, uh, and, and he was afraid that they were going to take his life. He said, They will kill me. Um, but, but understand that he, he also put his wife in a very vulnerable position by doing that. And whenever we leave our responsibilities, whenever we, we shirk the responsibilities that God has given to us in any area of our life, uh, one, of the, one of the things we do is we put those that are under our authority, we put them in, we put them in, in dire jeopardy sometimes. And we, we make them extremely vulnerable. Uh, he went from a place of trusting to a place of scheming. He went from a place of confidence to a place of fear. He went from being concerned about others to being concerned about himself. And that, that happens when we leave our place of responsibility. Again, in verse 13, he says, Say, I pray thee, thou art my sister, that it will be well with me for thy sake, and my soul shall live because of thee. There's my, 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 me, me, me in that sentence. And all he was really concerned about was his own skin. He forgot the fact that he was putting his own wife into a, a place of jeopardy when he went down to Egypt and when he told them that she was his sister and did not tell them that, that she was his wife. And then the last, the last place we move is from the place of blessing to a, to a place of judgment. Uh, you look down... You look, go up to verse uh, 2 of chapter 12. This was God's original intent for Abraham. It says, And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. His, it, one of his purposes, one of his responsibilities in life 
was to follow the Lord so that he could be a, a blessing and an encouragement and a help to others. But he went from being a blessing to being judgment. Um, he, 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 uh, if you look down in verse 17 of chapter 12, it says, And the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abraham, Abram's wife. So because he left his place of responsibility, came down to Egypt, he put, he put the nation of Egypt, in particular Pharaoh's house, in a place of, of jeopardy. Um, so oftentimes, though, we read through this story, and after we're done, you know, we find out that he's, he's unscathed. He actually comes out with more things than he went in with because Pharaoh was gracious to him. And he, he went about his, his, his business, and uh, the Lord began to speak to him again when he got back into his place of responsibility. And, and uh, God began to bless him again. And we say, well, see, he, he really came out pretty good. No, there were some difficulties because he went to Egypt. There's some problems uh, that developed later on. One was wealth. There was wealth that was given to Lot. There was wealth that was given to, uh, to him. And uh, because of the wealth, there ended up being some contention between the two. Uh, the, the second problem that developed was Hagar. Uh, when he came out, he brought Hagar the Egyptian as a handmaid. And that was a woman that he went on, in unto and, uh, and had Ishmael. Uh, Ishmael ended up being the Arab people. And Ishmael, to this day, is still giving still giving uh, uh, Abraham problems, giving Israel problems. Uh, Lot, while he was down in Egypt, he developed a taste for Egypt. Look in chapter 13 and look in verses 10 and 11. It says, Lot lifted up his eyes, and behold, all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the, the Lord destroyed Sodom and, and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. So it says that, that that land was like the land of Egypt. Then verse 11, then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan and Lot journeyed east and they separated themselves the one from the other. He chose that because he liked what he saw down in Egypt and he developed a taste for the world. And then of course the last thing that whenever we leave an area of responsibility, we always lose time. You know, the Bible says in, uh, in Ephesians chapter 5, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Uh, once you spend time, you cannot get it back. When you lose time, you can't, you can't get that time back. And it's important for us to use our time and use it wisely. And one of the ways we can do that is by fulfilling our areas of responsibility. Let me uh, show you another, another failure in being responsible. Go to 2 Samuel chapter 13. 2 Samuel chapter 13. And this is a story that uh, uh, speaks of, of uh, Amnon, who was one of David's sons. 
and he committed fornication with his half-sister. He forced her, his half-sister Tamar. And in chapter 13, verses uh, 19 down through 22, and it says, And Tamar, after she was violated, it says, Tamar put ashes on her head and rent her garment of diverse colors that was on her, and laid her hand on her head and went on crying. And Absalom, her brother, said unto her, Hath Ammon thy brother been with thee? But, but hold now thy peace, my sister. He is thy brother. Regard not this thing. So Tamar remained desolate in her brother Absalom's house. But when King David heard of all these things, he was very wroth. And Absalom uh, spake unto his brother Ammon, Amnon, neither good nor bad, for Absalom hated Amnon because he had forced his sister Tamar. Then drop down to verses 28 and 29. Now Absalom had commanded his servants, saying, Mark ye now, when, Am when Amnon's heart is, is merry with wine, and when I say unto you, smite Amnon, then kill him. Fear not, have not I commanded you, be courageous and be valiant. And the servants of Absalom did unto Amnon as Absalom had commanded. Then all the king's sons arose, and every man gat him up upon his mule and fled. So uh, Amnon, uh, Absalom got vengeance on Amnon and took things into his own hands and took care of it. Uh, look down in verses 37 down through the end of the chapter. But Absalom fled after that all took place and went to Talmai, the son of Amahud, a king of Jeshur. And David mourned for his, his son every day. So Absalom fled and went to Geshur and was there three years. And the soul of King David longed to go forth unto Absalom, for he was comforted concerning Amnon, seeing he was dead. Now the bottom line is this, is that when, when uh, Amnon did that to Tamar, his half-sister, David did nothing. Now that's significant on, on, uh, in two areas. Number one, he was, his, he was father of both of those folks. He should have stepped in his dad and done something because of the atrocity that was committed upon Tamar. Number two, he was not only the, the dad, he was the king. He had the law in his hand. And so he, he could have brought forth justice in that thing, but he did not. He did absolutely nothing. And that's why it says at the end of the chapter that David was really kind of relieved because now Amnon was dead. What did Absalom do? Well, in, in the case of David, David did not fulfill his responsibility as king and father. In the case of Absalom, Absalom took the bull by the horns and stepped into an area that was not his responsibility. And he took things into his own hands. And from his standpoint, his rationalization was, I need to do something because my father won't. The truth of the matter is they were both out of place. David was out of place by not fulfilling his responsibility, and Absalom was out of place by stepping into an area 
where he was not responsible. And anytime we cross those lines, when we, when we fail in our area of responsibility, or if we step in and try to pick up somebody else's area of responsibility, and as it, we are out of place doing so, in both cases we're out of place. We're like that bird that wanders from her nest because we're, we're not properly handling the responsibilities that God has given to us. Here's another example, and it's, it's similar in that, in that regard. Uh, go to 1 Samuel chapter 13. 1 Samuel 13. 1 Samuel 13. Look at verses 8 through 14. 1 Samuel chapter 13, verses 8 through 14. Um, Saul is king, and he's waiting for Samuel, the prophet, to come. They're not supposed to go to war until the prophet comes and gives the sacrifice. And the Philistines are bearing down on the nation of Israel. In verse 8, it says, And he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. But Samuel came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. And Saul said, Bring hither a burnt offering to me, and peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering, and it came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came. And Samuel went out to meet him, that he might salute him. And Samuel said, What hast thou done? And Saul said, Because I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that thou camest not within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered themselves together at Michmash, therefore said I, the Philistines will come down now upon me to Gilgal, and I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself, therefore, and offered a burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart. Of course, that ended up being David. And the Lord had commanded him to be captain over his people because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. Now the reason why the reasons why uh, Saul acted the way he did from, uh, from his own rationale uh, seemed to be logical. He got nervous. Uh, Samuel wasn't there at the appointed time. Uh, the people were starting to scatter and that would that would hurt their effort in, in battle. And then last of all, of course, he was, he was afraid of the Philistines, and the Philistines were beginning to bear down on him. However, you never cross over the line of your own responsibility. And by the way, when you do that, you neglect your responsibility to take care of somebody else's responsibility that you may not have uh, any business doing. And in this case, he didn't. He was a king. He was not a priest. And uh, just like just like uh, Samuel would not, would not uh, step into the role of king and fulfill King Saul's responsibility, Saul should not have 
stepped into the role of priest and fulfilled Samuel's place of responsibility. Be careful. Don't take responsibility that doesn't belong to you just because someone else defaults or just because there is pressure on you. I've, I've watched this. I've, I've watched this over the years. I've seen, I've seen pastors who step into homes and overstep their authority and their responsibility and try to run their people's homes. I, I don't believe that's biblical. Now, where those things cross ministerial lines, okay, ministry lines, I, I understand that, and sometimes they do. But if they don't, that's not a pastor's business. Likewise, I've watched people, uh, you know, cross the line and get into the pastor's business and the pastor's responsibility. And, and neither one of those are good. I've watched it with employers and employees. I, I've, I've watched, uh, uh, you know, employers try to take over the lives of their employees, and that's not right. I've watched employees try to tell their boss what to do, and that's not right either. Uh, bottom line is, is that God has given all of us a responsibility. Do your own business. In fact, in the New Testament, it's got those very words. Do your own business. You know, we, we use the, the phrase, mind your own business. Well, what that simply means is be responsible in the areas that God has given to you. And you say, yeah, but what if, what if the battle was lost? What if, you know, what if because Samuel was irresponsible uh, and, and uh, did not come on time, uh, what, what if they, they, they had lost the battle? What if uh, Israel had been damaged? Well, he, you know, Saul would have fulfilled his responsibility and he would not be held accountable for that. Uh, don't feel guilty over that, which you have no control. And be careful of stepping into somebody else's area because it's not your business. You have a responsibility. Be faithful in the area that God has given to you. Last, last example, go to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. And this is a, a general principle, more than a specific individual. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, God's talking about the body of Christ, he's talking about the body of Christ in general. He's also talking about the local church. And in this particular case, I believe the application is to the local church, it's to the church at Corinth. And in verses 14, starting in verse 14, it says, For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ears shall say, because I am not the, the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? Can you imagine that? Giving birth to just a great big old eyeball. That would not be good. Uh, <laughs> I am not of the body, is it, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an, were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set, the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. 
And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body? And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. Why? Because they have a responsibility. By the way, if you don't think that, just cut off your, one of your big toes and see how well you can walk. Uh, it'll be very, very difficult. Uh, verse 23, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness, for our comely parts have no need. But God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. In other words, we've all been given different responsibilities. We need to be faithful in those responsibilities. The foot can't be the hand. The ear can't be an eye. Not supposed to be. But the foot is supposed to do what it's supposed to do, and the hand's supposed to do what the hand's supposed to do, and the ear's supposed to do its function and responsibility, and the eye's supposed to do its function and responsibility. And if they all fulfill their responsibilities, then they're able to, to, to get the job done. Uh, if What happens if a part of the body refuses to function properly, refuses to fulfill its responsibility. You know what we call that? If, if all of a sudden my arm decided it wasn't gonna work, you know what we call that? We call that paralysis. Uh, you know, our son Jonathan has got, he's got uh, one arm that works pretty well. The other one, it's kind of a paperweight, isn't it, John? And uh, uh, because it's, it, it, it doesn't do what it was designed to do. Now, for him, it, it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do for him because that's the way God made him. But, uh, but, but the, 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 the fact of the matter is, is that we all have responsibilities and we need to fulfill those responsibilities. Uh, when people in a church uh, do not do what God intends for them to do, then the, the church suffers because of that. And, and uh, the reason why that is is because everybody is necessary. There's not a person in here that isn't necessary to Freedom Baptist Church. You have a responsibility. You have a job. And we need to make sure that we are fulfilling our responsibilities. When, when we get out of place, when we don't fulfill our responsibility or we leave our own responsibility and take over someone else's, then, then we're, we're in bad territory. And, and God can't bless like, like he'd like to bless. You think of it this way. When it comes to salvation, there's a responsibility that God has in salvation and there's a responsibility that a sinner has in salvation. The responsibility that God has is to forgive sins, to make the full, complete, total payment for our sins. And he did that through Jesus Christ. That's his responsibility. Our responsibility is to repent and believe and trust Jesus Christ as Savior. Uh, if, if, if we try to add to what God has done, we're stepping out of our realm of responsibility. We're not, we're not responsible for doing the work. Jesus Christ did 
it all. He paid it all. And all we simply need to do is repent and trust Jesus Christ as our Savior. It's, it's uh, not our responsibility to pay for our sins. That was Christ's responsibility. Now, when it comes back to, to the getting out of place um, and, and not fulfilling our responsibilities, why is it we do that? Well, there's, there's, there's some real simple reasons, and with this I'll close. We love the wrong things, just like Demas did. Our heart begins to wander. When our heart wanders, our responsibilities get shirked. Um, we let circumstances determine our choices rather than faith and trusting God. Um, you know, I've, I've watched over this last year, I, I've seen uh, in a bunch of different places, I have just watched Christian people's faith really over this last year just really be shaken. You know, they started out having a God they could trust and then COVID hit. And then they weren't so sure God could take care of them. Well, the truth of the matter is there's some folks that got COVID, some folks that didn't, even in our church. You know what? God took care of both groups. And uh, he cared for both groups. And uh, he protected both groups and watched over them. And I'm thankful for that. Um, when uh, we get out of place and don't fulfill our responsibilities, it's because we, we don't act when we should. Uh, when we see something that needs to be taken care of, we need to take care of it. Uh, and uh, we need to act when we should and not act when we shouldn't, when it's not our responsibility. Sometimes we get ahead of God. And uh, when we get ahead of God, that is never a good thing because that's not what God would have us to do. And then last of all, uh, we sometimes shirk our responsibilities and, and get out of place because we get lazy, we get stubborn. Uh, we just, sometimes, we just get weary in well-doing, but that's not right either. God wants us to be steadfast. God wants us to be immovable. God wants us to be always abounding in the work of the Lord, and we'll do that if we fulfill our responsibilities. Are you fulfilling your personal responsibilities to God to others. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I'm so thankful this morning for the fact that you fulfilled totally your responsibilities to us. When after Adam fell, you put in to practice a plan that would eventually have the Lord Jesus Christ come down to this earth and die on the cross and pay the full payment for our sin. I'm glad that I serve a God who's responsible. I'm glad that I serve a God whom I can trust because, Lord, you always fulfill your responsibilities. Now, Lord, help us to see what our specific responsibilities are. Now, generally speaking, we, we all have the same responsibilities to save people. We're all supposed to read our Bibles. We're all supposed to pray. We're all supposed to witness. We're all supposed to come to church. We're all supposed to, to serve you. But there are some individual responsibilities that are different because some of us are hands and some of us are eyes and some of us are ears and some of us are feet. I pray that you'd help us to see what our responsibilities are and just be honest with you this morning and ask Lord to 
you feel that I'm fulfilling my responsibilities. My responsibilities to you, my responsibilities to my family, my responsibilities to other Christians. And Lord, as you speak to our hearts, may we rectify the areas where we may have come short. Maybe we've stuck our nose in somebody else's business and uh, we weren't supposed to do that because that's not our area of responsibility. Whatever it is that you might speak to us about this morning, God, may we be responsive to you and may we say yes to you and uh, take care of those situations that you bring to our attention. Father, have your will. Please have your way in this invitation. We'll be careful to thank you and praise you and give you all the glory. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's all stand.